Welcome to Stacey on the Right, the podcast, where we interview the newsmakers, the thought leaders, the grassroots activists, everybody. Anybody could come on the show, <laughs> but we only have the best. And with me today is my good friend, Cassie Smedley. She is the executive director of America Rising. AmericaRisingPack.org is the website. And we're going to be talking about a bunch of things, including how Biden, his new budget, it's like totally anti-family. Yeah. Not cool, right, Cassie? Not cool. So not cool. <laughs> hey, Stacey, good to be with you. Thank you for joining me. I'm so glad you're here because um, if it's one thing that we know, it's it's that the GOP is really focused on family values, fighting for parents, fighting for kids in school. Um, fighting for tax cuts that help us to have more control over our finances. And the Biden budget, which is now we're, we're just now beginning to tuck into it and figure out what it's about. It is antithetical to all of those things. Tell us tell us what's in there. Yeah. So, well, first of all, just from a family value standpoint, just from starting your family, you have for the second straight year, President Biden is advocating for a repeal of the Hyde Amendment, which, of course, the Hyde Amendment prohibits taxpayer dollars from funding abortions. And what's so striking about that, other than it being really very unpopular with the majority of Americans who, regardless of their position on life, they don't think that is the role of taxpayer dollars to fund abortions. So right there, he is going contrary to the will of the American people. But, you know, President Biden, in his own words, said that this budget proposal is a reflection of his values. So not just his priorities, his values. So that tells us right there where he actually is, even when he tries to go out there and profess his faith all over the place and profess his Catholic religion, which as a Catholic, I find deeply offensive that he's such a hypocrite on this issue. So that's a paramount piece for me that... Um, I think that he gets away with, and that's unfortunate, but I think voters are going to hold him accountable. You look at other things, though, where he's got this almost too little too late refunding of the police after he campaigned in allyship with defunding the police. He um, and his administration, his VP, have a history of being soft on crime, have a history of standing up for those who break the law instead of law-abiding citizens. And now that they're seeing that the political science is potentially harmful to their reelection prospects this November and frankly in 2024, they're getting to say, oh no, see, we're doing something about it. We're giving we're giving more funding to police in the budget proposal. But who knows if that's actually going to go through when this goes before Congress, because of course that falls contrary to where the far left progressives in this party are, and they frankly are running the party. So those are just a couple of examples when people say, you know, I care about family values. I care about a safe community for my children to grow up in. Um, and this administration has been fundamentally weak on both of those issues to say nothing of um, prioritizing climate change at the hindrance of industries that are like oil and gas, which are um, not only underscore so many of our communities and provide thousands of American jobs, but that American energy independence, as all of us are driving by our gas stations each day and seeing that whether you're now paying three fifty or four seventy five or seven dollars for a gallon of gas, each week you're like, oh, that's fifty, sixty, seventy cents a gallon more this week than it was last week. And he's going in the opposite direction of doing something about that. Yeah, and there's there's also this the overall sense that Things are not going well at home. 
and things are not going well abroad. And it feels as if it can be connected, all of it, to one person, and that's President Biden. His inability to even have a, a time where he would be talking and not ginning up further controversy and and um, like you know the, the the statements he made over the weekend about chemical warfare and boots on the ground to 82nd Airborne. These are the kinds of like missteps that you don't expect from a president. Not not the president. Maybe some first year congressional person, but not the president of the United States. Right, in regime change. And then to have this awkward press conference on Monday where he's saying, I didn't I didn't do that. I'm not walking anything back. I didn't have any missteps and you're going, Well well your team just spent seventy two hours falling over themselves trying to correct the record so we could potentially stop a start of World War Three because of your non misstep missteps. And that is very unsettling and frankly just embarrassing abroad. And we saw new polling from NBC of all places come out uh yesterday or Sunday that showed um I think it's seventy one percent of Americans um believe that President Biden is totally wrong or have little faith in his ability to navigate us through the conflict in Ukraine. So not just that his positions on it have been wrong, but that he's just like the wrong man for the job. And then more broadly, his overall approval rating is at just 40%, the lowest of his presidency. And I think to your point, that speaks to issues both at home and abroad that aren't going well. And when you ask the American people, can you think of one thing that is going well? The vast majority say, Nope, I sure can't. In fact, I can think of a lot of things that are going very poorly. And when you're having to work harder for that dollar that isn't going as far, that's that's on your mind all the time. That's not um, a backbench issue or an issue that I like to say you have the luxury of caring about. You know, there's certain political topics that you can talk about because it's just something that you have a personal passion for, but maybe not something we deal with every day. That's not where the American people are right now. Right now, it's economy, 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 underscoring that inflation. And then right next to it, it's crime and public safety. And then, frankly, um, COVID, Ukraine, climate change, all of those are way down the list. And so he is failing Americans across the board, regardless of geography or political ideology or background and makeup. Across the board, Americans are saying, he's not working for me. The Democrat Party is not working for me. And if, if I could just offer one other thing, you know, I'm, I'm in the business of thinking, well, what does this mean when you're talking to voters about getting them out to vote in November? And Republicans have to be right there to say, we are going to be the ones to fight for you. We are going to be the ones to empower you and your family and, and try and write this the ship. And that's a tall order, too. But it, it can't just be Democrats are wrong. It's got to be here's why we have an opportunity to get this right. Yeah. And so when you talk about that, that part, the 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 midterm, I hear a lot from people calling in to the night show on Sirius. And they're like, you know, Republican Party has to do this. Republican Party has to do that. And that, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking to myself, that input is excellent. But what can people do? Like if you're a grassroots person, if you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, I want to get involved with the GOP at my state level to support their efforts to elect great candidates at the federal level. 
What do you recommend to people when they when they broach these topics because they have a lot of suggestions, but they're not sure how to contribute? Yeah, my first suggestion is get on Facebook and look up your local county GOP. See when they're meeting, see what they're up to, shoot them a message to find out how you can get involved. Uh, within that, especially for us women, there's usually a local Republican Federation Federation of Republican Women group that's often involved in a lot of things. Um, and that's a good starting point just to see what's already going on. Or if you want to make phone calls or knock on some doors, they're a good place that kind of knows what everybody's up to. But I really love that we're in this moment now that truly is being run by the grassroots, by the organic operation. I think to, you know, sitting here in Virginia to what happened last fall with Governor Glenn Youngkin, when he was running for governor against Terry McAuliffe, the Democrats tried six ways from Sunday to nationalize that race and, and make it all about President Trump. And Glenn Youngkin didn't take the bait. He said, that's fine. I support President Trump. But this issue in Virginia right now is about what's happening in our schools, whether that's mask mandates or CRT, or you might remember the incident where a girl was sexually assaulted in a bathroom and it went completely unreported. Yep. And the father who tried to bring that up to his school board and was physically hauled out of the school board meeting, there was palpable outrage from parents who felt like that's the, I can relate to that. That's either the exact issues we're having in my own school board or, oh my gosh, I better look into this and make sure this isn't happening in my child's school. And that, you know, again, that wasn't just Republican or Democrat. That was concerned parents against teachers unions and against school boards that were more interested in their own pushing their own curriculum and political agenda instead of putting students first. And so it's unfortunate circumstances of what's happening in our school, but it's unearthed and invigorated a grassroots movement that I really uh, that I frankly, I love because we're finding people and parents who are saying, I'm willing to step up and do something about it, whether that means me running for school board, me running for city council, um, these more localized offices, which really have so much input on our day-to-day lives, more so than we realize often, or going to help others who are running in those races and really digging in and doing the research um, on, the, on the folks on the ballot. So to answer your question, underscore it, go and find out where your local county party is meeting and show up to a meeting and then see how you can get involved from there because there's lots of opportunities. I know my dad is a proud county chairman of our Clay County back home in Kansas City, and they're doing so many great things with a really invigorated group of people, and, and many of whom are getting involved for the first time ever, and it's really awesome to see. And you know what? That's such great advice. You really laid it out for people so they can understand the importance of that. But I'll just add in, Cassie, um, Bible study, Stacy says, treat it like you do when you go to a new group. I have found this to be the truth in Bible study. The first day you go in, you sit down and you look around the room and one person might catch your eye and you think, oh, we seem like we have you know similar taste and maybe your handbag or your, you know, the, the Bible cover that you have or something like that. And then you look around and you think, wow, there's no one in here who's like me. Um, and it can be really difficult. You think to yourself, wow, I, I'm just not, I'm not, I don't, there's nobody in here. But then what ends up happening is over the course of maybe two or three weeks, so you meet three times and by the third time, 
you guys are all sharing jokes and you've learned some things about each other. And now you feel like you're in a group of people that you really like. And so you might go to that GOP meeting and you'll be sitting there like, this is it. Well, give it a chance. (laughs) Commit to going to four of the meetings. And afterwards, instead of rushing out, you know, hang around, shake hands a little bit. If the people don't seem as friendly right off, that's okay. They might be looking at you the same way you're looking at them. Come back again. I guarantee you, if they see your face more than once, they're going to glom onto you and be the best friends you've ever had. Because most of the people who work in party politics, they just want more people to help. They're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so if you show up and you're willing to do anything, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for being here. And they really are lifelong friends. Same thing with Bible study friends. It's really in groups. You just have to give it a chance. So commit to four meetings is what I'm, I'm recommending. I love that. I think that is so, so right. And so often you walk into these meetings and you think, well, gosh, these folks have been doing this forever. How am I ever going to offer any value or even figure out how this all works? And to your point, if given it a few meetings, but they are looking for fresh perspective and they know we, we need fresh perspective. We are in the business of growing our party. Mm-hmm. We are in the business of getting more votes. And you saw how President Trump did that as a candidate. He brought people in who never before were involved because they said, I like the sound of you. I like how you're fighting for me. And I think that has um, unearthed a a great, I I don't, I I think just it's on my mind because you said the Bible study analogy, but this evangelization of our party where people want to share about it and people want to say, you do belong. There is room for you. And not only is there room for you, we want you to be very involved. You're exactly the kind of person that we want to know. We want people to know exists in our party, whether that's women, mothers, entrepreneurs, people from all backgrounds and geographies um, that do exist in the party that the left and then the corporate media would, would have you believe do not. You know, if, if it was up to the left, they would say that there are no women in the Republican Party. And of course, you and I know very well that that is not true. So you gotta, um, you got to go in and say, I want to make sure that people know that I, I'm here and I want to be involved and that, that my perspective is important and that we need to be fighting for that because what's happening on the left right now is destructive to who we are as a country and destroying our communities. And frankly, getting back to the start of our conversation with the Biden budget proposal, the the left is is trying to destroy what we know as to be family in our country. You know, promoting with the rollback of all these um, Title IX provisions. Tell me if I'm saying that wrong, but where they're now, mm-hmm. you know, they're putting favor into the pro-abortion industry as opposed to the pro-life industry, as opposed to the pro-family industry. We should want. We should be in the business of wanting more Americans, you know, and more Americans born. And so that is very concerning what they are doing. And it is no accident that not only that they are doing it, but they are trying, they're working overtime to gloss over it. Um, and it's, it's not all in our minds. This is something that's worth fighting for. Our country's worth fighting for. And certainly our children and families are worth fighting for. Yeah. It, and it's really that simple. It's really about us making a decision. Um, just to say, um, you know, this is my country. I'm going to fight for it. That's why I, part of the reason I wrote the book that I wrote, um, is because we need to be activated. And as people of faith, you know, we're polite, we're nice, right? We, we've been raised to, you know, believe what we believe, but don't force it down other people's throats. And what I'm encouraging people to do is to just say, 
you know, we're, we're still nice, we're still polite, but we believe what we believe and we know it's better than what the other side is putting down. And so we have to get a little forceful about insisting that our children not be shown pornographic books, that our, our schools don't teach sex to kids who aren't in middle school. And, and the middle school teaching should be just about anatomically correct naming of the body parts and the functions, and that's it. We, they don't need to know how to put condoms on bananas or, or to know about same-sex attraction and all of that. These are things that are better left to the parents to teach. And for those who are into all of this, they need to be drummed out of our schools and drummed out of public life, not because they're not worthy people. I'm not saying they can't have jobs, but in public policy, we need the most upright, most clear headed, most clear thinking, wise people we can find because these decisions impact our lives. They drive people out of business. They hurt entrepreneurs and small business owners. They hurt workers. And they hurt people who are just kind of minding their own business and, you know, working every day and paying their bills. They're hurt by it, too. So um, it's time for us to be a little more forceful and and getting out there into the committee men positions and into the local GOP is just one excellent way to contribute to fixing things. And you're touching on so many important points, which remind me, you know, you talk about the Florida law, which, of course, the left has gone out of their way to misinterpret. And yet what no one's telling you is that 51% of voters agree with the law. The way the coverage is slanted, you would think it was just Ron DeSantis out there on his own. But 51% of voters, and then when you shrink that down to just parents, it goes up by even more than that. And that that, you know, highlights, magnifies so many issues that the left would have us believe we're wrong or that we're alone in our thoughts and you're not alone and your thought is not abnormal. It It is very, it is a normal belief that says, no, my kindergartner should not be learning about sex education. The majority of people think that's a really logical thought and yet they would have us believe that that's not logical. And think of any number of other issues where that tends to be the case. And I'm sure you run into this all the time. You have a much larger following, of course, than I do. But it's funny when I, every now and again, will foray into politics on my Facebook or my Instagram spaces that like, I typically are politics-free for me. And I'm always amazed by the direct messages that I get from from folks that maybe I haven't talked to in years who say, yes, I still agree with this. I didn't know that anybody else felt this way. And I think that's why if it's so important to get involved, if not for anything, just to find a community of folks where you didn't think one existed, just to know that you're not going crazy for thinking that it's the right thing to do to want to stand up for your family Mm -hmm. and to want to go out and earn a living and not have the government tax it to pieces to spend on programs that you fundamentally disagree with. Those are, that on its own is a reason for getting involved. I think it is. And I, I, I just want to say also, um, in the big scheme of things, it can be as simple as if you're open and you're telling the truth about what you believe and why you believe it, and someone else sees that, it can be the courage that they need to speak out in their area, which we always think of ourselves, like you just said, you know, I have a bigger platform. I really am a firm believer that a platform is a platform because I, I often say that about myself when I'm comparing to some of the people we see on Fox News all the time and they have such enormous platforms. But I've had people email me. It, it only takes one bout of the truth for someone to hear it and say, you know what? 
I don't know if I'm in the right spot. And then they begin to examine what they believe and why. And they they take the same journey that I took when I went from being a Democrat to being conservative. I really was just trying to line up my beliefs with the Bible because I, I kind of felt like something about this isn't matching up. Like this was fine when I was, you know, in my 20s. And now here I am, I'm in my later 20s, but I have a baby and I want the world to be as good as it was for me. And I'm Am I am I voting correctly? Does this voting line up with God's word? And so it led me on a little bit of a journey of discovery. But for emails that I've gotten, it's it's not been that I've speak, spoken to so many people at the same time. It's been that one person heard me say the truth about something that they were struggling with. And then they were like, well, if she believes that, maybe I need to look at this one more time. And they have their journey of self-discovery. So when you say, you know, you're you're we're empowering people when we tell the truth, it's so true. And the ripple effect of one truth telling where the person who hears it then acts on it and they begin to examine their own beliefs, it can be an amazing, like we we can change this country. It's really just each of us taking the truth by the horns in our own area, whether it's, you know, within your four walls of your house or um, in a GOP meeting or maybe in a small group that you're a part of, or if it's just making sure your neighbors all know, there's no way I'm voting for any anyone who supports Joe Biden, because look at our economy. And if they ask you, just tell them, you, you get, make your elevator speech. It's 30 seconds. I'm not voting for anyone who supports the Democrats because of the high gas prices, 7.9% inflation, and what's going on abroad. We have instability in our world because of the Democrats. And if they say, oh, I don't know if I agree with you, it's it's time to do a bombing run. You're an F-16. You're dropping your <laughs> payload and then you're leaving. So you're you're shaking their hand and saying, oh, wow, you know, but what I do want is for us to have a great relationship as neighbors. And I, you asked me why I'm not voting for so-and-so. I just told you. And I would love for you to kind of, you know, look up some stories and do some reading on your own. But I don't want to argue with you because I've already kind of made up my mind. And so I just I just answered your question. But thank you so much for asking me. And then get your mail out of your mailbox and head back into your house. It's a bombing run. You deliver the payload. You head back to home. You only have enough gas in the wings to get home. You can't make any detours. You can't hang around. You got to get home. That's the attitude we have to have. Um, And if we do it that way. We're going to see a lot of people get on the internet and keep digging until they get through Google's, you know, so-called fact check articles, and they're going to find some truth. Yes. Amen. And I love it. Get mission centered. I did my mission <laughs> and I got to get home. That's right. But I <laughs> to go with that too and deliver it respect, respectfully, of course, which isn't it, it's, it's kind of a sad state of affairs to say that, that we can we can be the person that's the respectful person says, well, I just, you know, we had a nice civil conversation about it. And if we disagree, we're going to agree to disagree, but we're still going to go be neighborly. Even that can have an effect in this day and age. But you really touched on something that I think a lot of people have difficulty with. We can look at the issues of the world or frankly of our country, and it feels so large, so insurmountable. And yet when we just take it, piece by piece, start close to home, start in our own home, start in our own street, start in our own, you know, book club, Bible study, whatever it is, your own personal community, that's where you can affect change. That's where the ripple effect begins. It doesn't begin at the end of the ripple working its way back in. It's the reverse. And I think that also makes it a little easier because you're also talking to people that you're most likely very comfortable with. You're not going out and trying to convince a stranger who lives in an area that you're not familiar with or who has 
a background or an education or works in an industry that you're also not familiar with. You're you're talking to folks that chances are you already have a lot in common with, and so you're you're able to find that continued common ground of why it benefits you both to to vote Republican or to think differently about you know who you have in elected office. But I, I think that's such an important point that gets lost so often when we feel overwhelmed by the problems we see in our world is to say, just start closer. That, that's such an important point. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay. So I want to officially congratulate you on being a new mom. I I remember that time. It was some of the best years of my life, a fresh baby. I call them fresh because a freshly bathed baby, the smell is something you just, you can't replicate it. No one can bottle it. You have to have a live, fresh baby and give them a bath and then dry them off and they're giggling and you're giggling because you just can't believe how good they smell. And all of the little sweet baby kisses and the tiny little hands and all of that wonder. Um, Congratulations on being a new mom. I'm so happy for you. And it couldn't happen to a better person. You've always been the absolute best to work with and to interface on all of these issues. And you work so hard for the movement. Um, so I'm wishing you just that time would slow down for you and move like molasses uh, during this first year. And um, all the best. Thank you, Cassie, for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Stacey. It's always so fun to catch up with you and to try and solve the world's problems with you. And of course, um, thanks for the well wishes on our new sweet Elizabeth, everything you say, I'm like, oh, it is already moving too fast. But so true. your whole perspective, it all comes into focus when you look down at that sweet little girl. So it's mm-hmm. um, quite a journey, and I'm very blessed to be on it. Mm, I'm so happy for you guys. So, um, well, we will talk to you soon. Until then, um, I've had with me today Cassie Smedley. She is a fantastic warrior in our efforts to save America and make it a better place. She's the executive director of America Rising. You can find out more at americarisingpack.org, americarisingpack.org. And I'm Stacy Washington, host of Stacy on the Right here on Family Vision Media. That's the podcast and SiriusXM's Patriot 125, where you can find me Monday through Friday. Don't forget to buy my book. It is called Eternally Cancel Proof, A Courageous Christian's Guide to Navigating the Political Battlefront at Amazon.com. See you next time.